Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I talk to them about how they've built their careers, where they are now, where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. Let's get on with the show. In this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Benjamin Seal, the Vice President, Treasury Services at Sembio Worldwide Limited. Now, for those of you that don't know, I wasn't quite sure myself, but actually then discovering from Ben a lot more about them as a company, they are the leading North American provider of envelope products. That covers all of the end markets. So you've got everything from pharmaceuticals, logistics, healthcare, government, the lot. And the key thing is here, Sembio actually produced one out of every four envelopes in, or envelopes, I don't know, it's however you pronounce it, in the US, and is headquartered in Stamford, Connecticut, operates 17 facilities across North America. Now, the good thing is when we go through Ben's career, he's got an interesting start in Treasury. It's not your typical start, if you like, and I'll let him tell that. But as always, and, and thank you to Ben, he's a regular listener. So for all of you guys out there listening today, if you want to be on the show, I want to have you. And all you've got to do is be as good as Ben. And if you're that good, well, you can come on the show. And so Ben, take us back to the beginning of your career and how you first got started, well, within finance and then treasury, but actually before that, you had quite a different background compared to many of the other guests on the show. So over to you, sir, and talk us through from there. First of all, I'd like to thank you for that wonderful introduction. I've been a listener for about a year and a half now and really have looked at it as you know, kind of a mentorship to so I can structure my treasury career because I feel like I'm still fairly young in the career. As you pointed out, my beginnings definitely more unique than most people. I kind of really had two careers, really, in, in, in a way. Before I graduated high school here in the States, I was an emergency medical technician. So I was working on the ambulance services in the county before I even graduated high school. That came from this desire to really, you know, help out the community, help out people. I always saw it as a challenge with the medical career, but I always had, had this love for, you know, financing and, and business as well. And while I was an EMT, it kind of helped pay for my studies that transitioned over into accounting. From being a emergency medical technician, I transferred over to hotel accounting for a company it was a Caesars. So it was really the casino gambling, but I did the cash reconciliation for the hotel and casino. And really that helped me fine tune my 10 key. And Ben, and Ben, with that, I was going to say, how did you... You made that transition, and it's 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 really different, as you say. EMT, you know, so dealing with high pressure situations and, and everything else, and then you've got accounting. Was that an easy transition? You're thinking, okay, I'm not sort of emergency to get into their stuff, but then it's a more routine job. I mean, that in a positive sense, that actually you're doing finance, you've got your cycles, you've got everything else. It's rather than you you know you don't know what you're going to do when you get out of the ambulance, as it were. You know, what, you know, how was it? How did what was that like for you? Yeah, no, it really was a uh, interesting transition for sure. It goes back to when I was in high school, you know, I took an accounting class that I really enjoyed. So I already had the fundamentals in place. You know, when I was EMT, I was actually still studying to be an accountant as well. So it was kind of a, really a smooth transition, a little bit different, I guess, day-to-day operations with an EMT you're on called basically in the office 24 hours, you can say, but have to be ready to, to jump to emergency and being very adaptable. Yeah. You know, both accounting, you're, you're really doing that nine to five position. So that was a little bit of a change of change of place. Hmm. But, you know, change of place and a change of face of things is sometimes very, very nice, especially for EMT. I was making $6.83 an hour. So I wanted wow. to really transition to, 
you know, something that I could raise a family or just to, you know, really enjoy life with versus working all this overtime in order to pay the bills. Life. And so then you were accounting with NetShape Technologies, because I wonder then that will transition you into some of the more recent experiences in your role and how having that accounting foundation. So talk us through NetShape, who were they and what was that like? In accounting was because you were there for a number of years i think seven odd years so what was that like and then pick out as we go through maybe if any of those tips for the future that you're thinking and again someone listening today might be thinking all oh, right i'm i'm doing accounting bro. i'd like to get into treasury talk us through that yeah so when i transferred from caesars to it was actually a hawk corporation at the time and then right. later was bought out by a private equity company and became netship technologies but i started really in the ar department really focused on just collections and which later transitioned to fixed assets and dealing with various components, even contract accounting and within the company. But really in that role, I learned this adaptability within the company and trying to be an asset versus, you know, kind of looking as a liability and redeveloping yourself constantly. With manufacturing, it's always usually a lean company. So anytime that a person can can see a project and take it on, that's, you know, really helps out the improvement of the, of the business. And with that transformed our, our consignment inventory, where before we were always managed it on Excel. And I identified within our ERP that, you know, we actually already had paid for was a consignment module. So I, I identified it, tested it and implemented it and managed that transition from start to finish, which really, you know, helped out the company for visibility in the consignment inventory. But also ben, really change. Sorry, Ben, I'm going to jump in there as well. And I wanted to sort of say, so you did, you know, we we have a cycle. You know, I say to some people in the past, you know, you're in a role for, say, three years. So the first year you're learning it, you know, year to do the role, year to learn the role, year to do the role, a year to get bored of the role. And then maybe you want to, but you did this for a number of years. But each time, and again, we had this call before, and you were talking about, just as you talked about that, improvements. You know, if someone is in treasury accounting or in treasury itself, you know, in other roles, and you're going through these cycles, we said before, it wasn't just about just sitting there doing your job and there you go, there are the numbers section. You were looking to improve. How do you keep that mindset sort of thing? Or what were you doing before? Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. You, you are right. You know, the first year you're learning it, then you later on you get bored of it. And for me, it's just you constantly try to reshape and redevelop it so you don't become bored. You know the processes more than anybody and, and how best to improve those. So, you know, management doesn't know that. This is your day-to-day operation. So if you can improve that and make it more efficient and be more creative, then you can make it more interesting and take on additional responsibilities within the company. And really, that's where you become that asset of the corporation where people turn to you and say, hey, can you take a look at this and, and how would you recommend a process improvement and so forth? But that allows you to to really kind of reshape the company, but also to help out the intercompany relationships that you have and really grow your network within that company. So and how you know, did people- you and how did you grow that network? Did you actually go out and or, you know, pick up the phone or did you go meet them or did you just sort of, they just got to know Ben in accounting? Yeah, end up, end up with the various roles that I did. So one of the things that I also identified was a process improvement with our invoicing where the shipping department was actually creating the invoice at time of confirmation of the shipment and, and attached the invoice with the shipping documents, which actually improved the DSO. But with that, I actually went from each of our divisions or manufacturing sites to implement that. So that really helped me build that networking. 
then you went back into healthcare. And again, this is one of the things I said at the beginning of the show that was really impressive. Talk us through that and then we'll bring you back into, so you did back to healthcare and then back into finance. So talk us through. Yeah, you you pointed out where it was uh, like the first year you learn and then later on you go bored. So I'm I'm constantly an individual that I need to be doing something and improving. And and I always had this desire to kind of get back into healthcare just from this perspective of really helping out people as well. So I ended up taking an opportunity where I went back to school as a respiratory therapist, but while still working at NetShape as a contract accountant and doing various logistics items as well and, and side projects that they you know, asked me to take take on. But yeah, I just I just really liked the concept of medical and I always saw it as a challenge. So I, I wanted to get back into it and the opportunity for respiratory therapist program had had really intrigued me. So I, I went into that, did wonderful things. I was worked for a children's hospital here in, in Louisville, Kentucky in the PICU, which is a pediatric intensive care unit. So I've seen a lot of things and worked with some wonderful people over there. But there was always desire to kind of get back into, you know, accounting as well, because that was yeah, it dragged you back, kicking so and screaming. You're dragged back into finance and things. So yeah, you the, you sort of did that for a period. And then you came back in and joined, as you said, Symbio. They've been through some developing and you've seen that with the company. Talk us through the steps, because again, number of the guests we talked you talked about that you said oh you hear these great treasures yeah but they some of them have just jumped straight in you know qualifies as accountant straight to treasury boom you got to know a real foundation of the company as well so maybe talk us through from you know business analyst through to head of treasury so talk us through for this time that I was still a respiratory therapist and working for NetShape still continuing, you know, that, that company really transformed. A lot of the people had left at different companies, but there was one individual that I had worked with in, in the AR and, and also the credit team over at NetShape Technologies that had moved over to uh, Synveo Worldwide or Synveo at the time and had always been asking me to come back over and help them out. So that's what I did. I ended up, he offered me a position as a business analyst and, and I really, it really intrigued me because it allowed me to be creative. I was really focused on improving the reporting processes for AR, AP, and really for that shared services part of the company. And, and from, from there, I ended up being promoted to credit manager up to the director of shared services yeah. and really focused on that process improvements within that organization. My current boss had offered me a position to transfer over to uh, the treasury as director. So I spent so far. It's been ten years overall with Sinveo. Five years was in, in the shared services department, which really helped me fine tune, you know, uh, financial analysis, really building the relationships also within the company. Now, talk and to then, us, Ben, I'm going to jump in there again. We jumped straight in healthcare into Sinveo. I talked about it at the top of the show. Tell us about Sinveo because I think that very much impacts on your role as VP Treasury Services. Uh, you know, talk us through envelopes. Envelopes? How do you say? It? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> envelopes. Yeah, we we are uh, the largest manufacturer of envelopes here in North America, producing one in four envelopes in the United States. But it's it's a very interesting business because everybody thinks of envelopes as a dead business, but yeah. really we've seen a really change in the environment because fraudsters have got over the past several years. The fraudsters have developed their technology and and really in businesses have countered that by with training and you know, just education where people are afraid to click a link. I know here within Surveyo, we have this train constantly, but we also have the testing. So if you fail mm-hmm. that testing by clicking a link that you're not supposed to, you have this remediation process that you have to go through. And it's, it's like an hour process and so kind of painful. So I know for us, I don't click any links now. 
So really, we've seen a, a shift in the environment where there's more people going to mail to reach the you know the possible clients and customers. And what's it like in terms of you know because we come to ESG in a bit as well because obviously that's a, a part of the role and, and everything else. But natural resources, commodities, you know, so exactly as you say with with the you know the company about paper and it's about all those different things. Do you as a treasurer do you get involved in that or is that sort of out in the business or how does it work? So sort of thing. Yeah. So so for for Sunveo, we are you know, especially for our treasure team, we're extremely lean. So between me and, and my boss, who's the SVP of finance, we're into those intricacies of the days. You know, we're working directly with our purchasing department on terms and working with those vendors to secure paper. Yeah, they as as our, our purchasing department do a wonderful job securing paper. But you know, with the, the terms and speaking directly with those CFOs and, and the credit analysts, you know, the Treasury Department does a you know a lot better job at communicating our financial position of where we've been where we are and where we're going. So we really are dynamic team and, and really work together and to improve the business and make sure that we have the paper and the commodities that we need to, to run the business. And you yourself, Ben, you mentioned earlier that you've heard a lot of treasurers on the show. It's great. You've been, you know, I'm really thrilled that you've been listening a year and a half. Now you've heard a lot of those guys and there's been a whole variety. So some more junior guys earlier in their careers or some guys later on, later stages, when you're thinking about treasury yourself and, you know, you've got various bits coming up, your CTP qualified, so you've got all that in there. You know, what do you think is coming up? We, we've touched on there a bit about fraud, you know, so cyber obviously is a thing and, and stuff like that and coping with that stuff. But with yourself, you know, what do you think about the future of treasury? Talk us through what you think, you know, people need to be thinking about if they're listening today sort of thing. Because, and again, you can reflect on it because you heard, Thing 30, 50, yeah, about 80 shows. So, you know, you, you've got 80 lessons there. So what, what do you think is next? Really for treasuries, I, you know, it's still shifting to the digitization of the treasury functions. I know we implemented Kariba last year and we've seen a great improvement throughout the organization with 650 plus hours saved with multiple through multiple departments. But I really see that, that, that shift in that focus of technology improvements. And we're, you know, as a treasurer, we really need to be at the forefront of that and to improve the, the processes and get rid of the, the Excel databases that we use to, to manage the day-to-day liquidity of the mm. company. And where do you see Treasury continuing the growth? I mean, what are you thinking is, what are you studying? You know, what are you thinking, do you know what I need to, I don't know about you, but every day I'm getting different emails from, and I'm clicking on some of them, don't worry, but about, you know, from different associations. And, oh, yeah, I should be thinking about this as the next issue in Treasury. You know, what are you thinking is coming up sort of thing? For me right now, as I'm, uh, as you pointed out, I, I obtained my CTP back in 2020 through AFP. You know, I really want to continue that with that organization and obtain my FP&A certification as well. But right now I'm also studying for my CMA as well, just to kind of broaden that base and to show that I have the full understanding of, you know, accounting and, and anal- financial analysis. So you've actually got a broader range because, again, so do you see yourself, you know, using Treasury maybe as a springboard for the rest of your career and, and sort of, you know, taking on more wider finance responsibility? A lot, of, a lot of people seem to, you know, follow that Treasury niche, if you like, and go up the Treasury ladder and then maybe, oh, yeah, I might do some other stuff. But it sounds like you're broadening yourself already. Do you recommend that? Do you think maybe for some of the younger listeners that they should think about that rather than just do Treasury, Treasury, Treasury? 
Yeah, I, I think any treasurer really needs to have that broad base. So you have the full understanding of the com- that your own company as well as the companies that are your are either your vendors or your customer base. But, you know, the foundation is highly important as, as, as broad as you can get. I would say it's, you know, it makes you more of an asset so you can help out other departments as well. And really, that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I love about Sunveo is that, is that it allows me to work with all these other departments and gain a full perspective or 360 perspective of the company and how best I can improve the relationships and the business. You know, a lot of companies or individuals might think that, you know, they're just in treasury. And I, that's what I really like about my bosses too, is he, he constantly kind of challenges that norm and, and wants the treasury personnel or any individual that's reporting to him to really focus on reinventing yourself, you know, each year to take on more responsibilities, to broaden your scope. And, and that's what, you know, really has helped me, you know, obtain my CTP and going to get my CMA certification, AFP certification is really get those uh, credentials to, to show that you have the full understanding. So Ben, obviously it, it's something we face together and uh, we've got through with COVID and everything else, but it has literally changed the world of work. I, I said to you before that what recently a client we don't work with anymore, thank goodness, I've just advertised five positions out there in the world. And they've said three in London, one in New York, one in Singapore. And they're saying five days a week in the office. And I wanted to sort of go back to them and say, you know, how stupid are you? But I know how stupid they are because they're doing that. It doesn't work anymore. That's not the way we work, as we've seen. And we'll get it from yourself. But, you know, the fact is only, what was it? It's crazy, 5% of people out of our survey of 600. So that's what one in 20 people said, I want to be back in the office five days a week. That doesn't work anymore. I mean, your ideas around working from home and, you know, what, what's, you know, Semvio like, I know that you've got a good, great relationship with your boss, but has, how has that changed treasury and your working, you know, rhythm, if you like. So back to you. Yeah, no, our executive team is, is fairly young individuals as well with as younger kids. So, so they see the benefits of working from home and, yeah, for me, COVID was uh, kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, I was working in the in the office, and typically I was getting there between six o'clock and wasn't leaving till six o'clock at night most days. But there was always this level of attitude where I could, you know, be flexible because I have younger kids. So, you know, it wasn't take- there? But wouldn't you say there's a sort of previously, and I think people realized that throughout work, throughout COVID, you could work remotely. You could, you know, and someone said yes. working from home, and we changed it working remotely, but Prior to that, I still found there was a sort of a sense, you know, even with my clients, slightly presenteeism. You had to be there and you had to be, just, but you don't need to anymore, do you? No, not at all. I mean, I, I'm i completely 100% remote now and I enjoy it. There was always a certain percentage that I allowed, what they allowed me to work from home anyway. So I had proven that I could do it. So I know some people, they just, it doesn't work for them. They can't focus or whatnot. But for me, I, I get more done. And, you know, it's that hour commute time for a lot of people that they can actually be in front of their computer working. And I know for me and, you know, from my experiences, you know, corporations get more out of you by working from home. And you can take your your 10, 20 minutes and jump on your Peloton bike or, you know, just go upstairs and hang with your family for just a few mm. minutes. It's, it's have a wonderful break. work-life yeah. balance. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you, you know, at the same time, at 8 o'clock at night, you can jump on the computer and do some get some work done as well. And so talk us through then, you know, we, we've touched on a little bit about relationships and that was a key thing you built within finance and getting to know guys in the business. And brilliant. You know, we love that. But 
I know that you and I had related, we'll call it the Oreo story. Can you talk us through that, why you think that's essential? And then we're going to go towards, you know, we'll put your LinkedIn details, show notes in a bit. But before we do that, talk us through the Oreo story. Over to you. Yeah, I mean, intercompany relationships is always important, but, you know, working directly with your vendors and customers is extremely important. I always look at that everybody in the corporation is really a salesperson, right? Because the best part of sales is that you build those relationships, the relationships that's with that. But yeah, yeah so when I, when I was at actually NetShape Technologies, uh, we were, had a customer that were having difficulty getting them to pay or even respond to emails. And and we actually had this list that was called the Ben list. If we couldn't get a response, <laughs> it got escalated to me because I'm, I'm persistent. I love a challenge. And I ended up getting with the buyer that was in France. And we built this relationship and I, and I found that he had a love for Oreos, but in France, he couldn't get those. So I ended up shipping him a full case of Oreos. I think it was like $300 or more to ship the case to him. But it's, it's interesting because he ended up shipping me cookies and treats from France. But we had this dynamic relationship where we could joke and, you know, we learned about each other. So I always stayed in touch with NetShape and they never had problems with that company paying them again. Well, was, they, you know why? They were worried they were going to bring in the Big Ben. The big <laughs> must ben be, yeah. he's, like, he's coming <laughs> back in. He's like, whoa, the Ben dog. He's like, that's it. Boom. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just it's really just a, a matter of respect and getting to know the person on a, on a personal level, and it just changes everything. Yeah, no, exactly. So, well, you know, as I say, we we've had a great chat, and I'm very grateful to Ben because it's sort of a different chat today. Because some people, as I say, they've been 30, 40 years in treasury, you know, right the way through. Whereas yourself, you're relatively new to treasury in a good way. And so, I wanted to sort of have a different slant on it, you know, with your different accounting experiences and relation and bringing that all in to then how that's a springboard for your treasury career. So if we then put your LinkedIn details in the show notes, so you need to segue in there. People will want to connect you, I know, because it's fantastic. With yourself, give us your top tips for the audience. And then we, as I said, we're starting to move to this thing called the final say. So at the end of the, you know, at the end of those, go straight into the, the final closing words, Ben, that you will give to someone listening today that's maybe listened to it maybe as many times as you, 90-odd times. That'd be amazing. Go, over to you. So I'll shut up now. Over to you. Be dynamic. Be an innovator and constantly challenge the norm. Hello, it's Mike here again. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you did, then maybe you want to follow the show or subscribe, depending on where you listen, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or another great place to listen to the show from. It's totally free and means that you'll be the first to see each and every week when we release a new show. And maybe whilst you're there, you could even leave a quick review. Reviews and ratings are among the most important metrics for a podcast to effectively rank. And as you can probably appreciate, the podcast is a lot of hard work to produce every week. It'd be amazing. Just take, say, 20 seconds, leave a quick review of my amazing guests and their great career stories. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks very much, and I can't wait to see you soon.